98.7 FM and 1400 AM. It's that time of the week. Finance Friday is here with our own Lindsey Crosby of Mid-South Bank. What are we talking about today? You gave us a tease that kids cost a lot, and um, I'm only a year into it, and I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm not breaking any news with the with the the realization that kids cost a lot, but I don't think people really understand exactly how much it is over the the adolescence of a kid, and so I, as always, pulled a bunch of reports, and I want to talk about it, and I want to talk about some of the things that historically the government has done. Uh, to try to help with the cost and some interesting programs that you probably didn't know about or didn't realize where they came from. Okay. So, obviously, Zach, one of the best things that ever happened to you is becoming a parent. Yes, the I best mean, thing. Yes. You will absolutely say that. Right. What if I told you it's also one of the most expensive things to ever happen to you? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So the USDA uh, put out a report in 2017 called the Expenditures on Children by Families Report. Uh, it's That's a, a mouthful. Yep. It's about. Uh, it's about. I think it's like 43 pages. I'd bring it and drop it against the desk, but I don't. I didn't print it off. Okay. Save the environment. Um, but I was going through the report. If you all right, so for a family of four, raising a child born in 2015 all the way to age 18 is 233,610 dollars. Ooh. So it comes out to just under $13,000 a year. That's, well, that's per kid if you have two kids? That's per kid if you have two kids, 12980 bucks a year. Uh, and that's not adjusted for inflation. So if you put on a, you know, the average 2.2% inflation, that comes out to almost $290,000 by the end of it Wow. You know when you project out what inflation is. And obviously right now we see inflation a little bit higher than historical trends. Mm-hmm. So – What's really interesting about this, I like I I found some interesting notes in there and I figured out where they assign all that money to. So the birth, they assume you have insurance. The average cost of a childbirth in the US with insurance is about four thousand five hundred dollars. With insurance? With insurance. Now, keep in mind, some people have no complications, no issues. Some people have some sort of complication. That counts both standard births and C-sections and all mm-hmm. of that. So that's, that's an average for a birth with insurance. The average is, you said 4500 and that's like out of pocket. That's out of pocket. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. My, my, um, my first child cost uh cost something towards that because my wife had to have a c-section my second child there was no complications he came just fine it was under that so that's just an average number wow okay and now imagine if you didn't have insurance it's you it's an average of 30 to fifty thousand dollars without insurance yeah that's ridiculous that's yeah. crazy yeah okay private adoption it's an average of forty three thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. they just took the birth amount for this forty five hundred bucks housing the cost to upsize one bedroom in the United States is an average of three thousand seven hundred sixty-four dollars a year, so it comes out to three fourteen a month extra to upsize, say, from two bedrooms to three or from one to two. Okay, that's, that's the average. Got it. Food, if and this is the one that kind of blew my mind. If you assume moderate levels of food consumption and selection, two thousand seven hundred ninety-four dollars a year, so two hundred and thirty-three dollars per child per month. It seems high. But like that's a lot of cereal. Oh wow, I would I would guess lower than that. Yeah, I would guess lower than that too. They had different tiers, like, and, and I think a big part of it is the food that you're choosing. 
what kind of food you're feeding your kids. And obviously, if you stay home and cook, it's going to be cheaper than, than going yeah. out and things like that, too. So. Exactly. Here's the big one, and I, anybody who has to pay for this is not surprised by this. Is this uh, daycare, child care? Child care. Yeah. Yep. $37,376 over that 18 years. And costs can vary wildly oh, yeah. on that. Yeah. You know, whether you're sending your kid to an in-home daycare or if you have, like, a private nanny. That does not count um, education if you send your kid to a private school. That assumes public school. That's just talking about uh, your kid being cared for out of the home while you work. And then if you have to do after-school care um, when they get done with public school during the day. So, right. But big, big chunk of that is there. Transportation is assumed to be just under $2,000 a year. That is more driving, so more gas, more maintenance costs, um, possibly a bigger car. And then they do factor into that when your kid is getting towards 18, adding your child to your insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, which, which is obviously, as anybody who has a teenager knows, is prohibitively expensive. Right. It uh, does not factor in getting your, your child a car. If you choose to buy your kid a car, obviously that's even higher. Right. And then the last thing was like $3,000 a year, and that's clothes are 800 bucks, and health care is $1,100 a year and miscellaneous stuff. So that's where that comes from. And it's really kind of hard to argue with any of that. Yeah. Like a lot of that seems to kind of make sense. The food's a little high, like I thought. But again, I, we just have cheaper food here, I guess. And that does factor in how much you go out to eat. You know, if you go out to eat quite a bit, obviously kids kids' meals, that's where they get you. Mm-hmm. So found some interesting notes in this. Okay. Um, some of them are kind of obvious. Lower-income families spend a smaller percentage of their income on their kids. Makes sense, you know. Um, do what you got to do. The cost of parenting changes over time. The cheapest age for your kids, ages six to eight. They're in school, so you don't have to worry about child care. No diapers. No diapers. They're not teenagers yet, so they're not eating a tremendous amount of food yet. Exactly. S- smaller portion sizes. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Most expensive age, 15 through 17. And a lot of that is associated with the driving and the food consumption right. and the clothes. Uh, most most expensive. They're probably doing more things and you know extracurriculars that, that add up and things like that. So yeah, okay. That miscellaneous cost goes up, right? And then the other more more expensive time period is um, is birth to two years old, and that is a lot of that is taken up by diapers and or formula. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's it. Uh, but all of this is subject to economies of scale. And you got to buy a new wardrobe of clothes like every two months. Oh, I just it's just white onesies. Everybody gets white onesies. You wear the white onesie. We can bleach the heck out of it if you if you blow <laughs> it out. And then if you want to wear something fancy, a, a grandma will give it to you. It happens. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. But a lot of this is is subject to economies of scale. So if you only have one kid, it's about twenty seven percent more expensive. If you have two, it's like two or I'm sorry. If you have more than two, it's about twenty four percent less per child you have after two because you already have the stuff you already have the stuff you can buy food in bulk uh things like that if you like if you have a minivan then going from from two kids to three kids doesn't really add any additional costs as far as getting a vehicle you already have the car seat and all that probably already have the car seat and the booster and all that so it's economies of scale now a couple of things i find interesting doesn't this doesn't count college this doesn't count private school this doesn't count living expenses after your kid turns 18 or anything done for the, your kid later in life. 45% of adults last year gave their adult children money during the pandemic. 
So, like, this doesn't count anything after they turn 18. Mm-hmm. This is just... What percentage? 45% of parents. So pretty much one in every two parents gave their, or one in every two So, so what falls into that statistic? I mean, is it that they bought them some food? They helped them pay rent once or twice? Like, what do we know? Do we know what that average amount would, would be? So I didn't get an average amount okay. as far as, like, specifically, I got per per bracket. So, like, for a lower-income family, it was an average of $1,000. Okay. For a moderate-income family, it was an average of 2400 and for an upper income family, it was an average of eight thousand dollars that that the the adult parents gave. Or the, the, yeah, that the parents gave to their adult children. Wow, last year that's a lot. Okay, and it's just I mean the pandemic obviously hurt a lot of people. Sure, people lost jobs or whatever it was. Sure, yeah, and it. parents help out their kids even when they're no longer kids. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we continue Finance Friday with our own Lindsey Crosby of Mid South Bank in just a moment. Zach Blackerby, Lindsey Crosby of Mid-South Bank, taking us through another Finance Friday and breaking news, children are expensive. Hot take. Uh, most expensive thing you'll ever do is have a kid. Yes. Also the most rewarding, but... There's no question about it. Most expensive thing you'll do is have a kid. Um, and so the government has done things throughout history to try to help with some of this stuff. And I kind of picked out some of the interesting things, either stuff that I didn't know about or stuff that I didn't realize that's where it came from, etc. So... 1942. Okay. During World War II. Do you remember all the Rosie the Riveter stuff? Uh, like, was I alive then? No. No. Okay. I don't remember that being a thing but, during 1942. Right. But if you remember seeing all the pictures, it was the whole thing about, like, women going to work in the factories to... Yeah, I remember learning know, about that. ...produce yeah. war material. Right. Well... Because all the, all the men were off at war. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So, who watched Rosie the Riveter's kids? I don't know. The U.S. government. Okay. Yeah. So 1942, the U.S. government used the Lanham Act uh, to subsidize child care. So they opened what are called war nurseries. From 1943 to 1946, 600,000 children went through government-funded, locally-run daycares. Uh, It was a modern-day cost of $1 billion. Wow. Yeah, to do this for three years. Uh, Now, it... It's something the the teachers had like educational amounts that they had to uh, that they had to follow. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, educational criteria and and certifications they had to have, and there was there was food and all that provided. Lindsay, what were the age of these kids? These kids were were like daycare age kids, like couldn't go to public school yet. Got it. Like small kids. Okay, so pre K you know, stuff. Yeah, pre K stuff. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, but those kids who went through that program. And outcome after outcome after outcome did better than kids who didn't go to that program. Oh, they were more wow. likely to be employed. They had better health. They were um, while they were working, they were more likely to be employed full time. They earned more money. They received less cash assistance over their their lifespan. Hmm. And so, because of that, uh, funding funding had gone away after the war because that was a wartime thing. But there was a push to kind of do some sort of per- making sure every kid had access to that. And so in the 1970s, Congress passed the Comprehensive Child Development Act, and it was a proposal in 1971 that would have provided, in essence, war nurseries on a full-time basis across the entire country all the time. Uh, Would have cost the equivalent now of hundreds of billions of dollars. Richard Nixon vetoed it in 1971, not because of the cost, but because... He didn't want the government to take 
over the responsibility of raising people's children. He okay. wanted that to remain with the family and in the home. Uh, in response to the veto, because it was popular with Congress because they wanted to get reelected and the, the citizens wanted it, Congress turned around and passed the Equal Rights Amendment. Oh, sorry, the Equal Rights Act of 1972. Wow. So we got the Equal Rights Act because Nixon said, no, you can't have universal daycare. And for those who don't know what the Equal Rights Act is, what is that? It, in essence, prohibits uh, discrimination on the basis of gender. So, like, like women have to get paid the same as men, all that kind of stuff. So Which like, is such a big thing now. Like, it's crazy to think that that wasn't ever like – at one point, like, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. At, it, that was what was weird to me about all of this stuff is when you looked at after the war, all of those women who were working in the factories got laid off so that soldiers coming back could have their jobs. The women made half of what the men did. Like, why did – like – you would think if, just, if that was now, they'd have just let the women keep working because the women got paid half of what the men did. Mm. But it was a, we want to give jobs to the soldiers coming back. So they laid the women off. Women went back home to watch their kids, and the the men coming back took the jobs in the factories. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the war, the National School Lunch Program, we got that because of World War II. They started it in 1946 because too many draftees during World War II were too undernourished to to past the physical fitness requirements to serve in the U.S. military. How interesting. Yeah. And they needed to beef them up a little bit. You had, you had to make sure kids had proper nutrition. Right. And so 70% of all U.S. school students get a free or reduced price lunch. It comes out to 5.18 billion meals per year that the U.S. government pays school systems to provide. It costs $11 billion a year. So each lunch is a little over $2, or each meal is a little over $2 per child. But we got that because of World War II. So something they're How trying about to, that? There's something that they're trying to do to try to help supplement uh, you know, the, the cost of child care and all of that. And then if you checked your bank account yesterday, you got a child tax credit disbursement from the government. They expanded the child tax credit. We started this back in 1998, and we talked about it, I think, last month for uh, – to intro this, teaching your kids about money. Yeah, spending. woke up with an extra three hundred bucks in my account, and naturally, whenever that happens, when money falls from the sky, same with stimulus checks that we, you know, endured the last um, year and a half or so. I'm naturally skeptical. I mean, like, okay, am I going to get taxed on this? Is this going to hurt my tax return? You know, next year when I get it, you say it doesn't. Yeah, from what I, you know, from from everything that they've said, this is not counted as income. This does not affect what you can claim on your tax return next year. You actually get the other half of this credit on your tax return, and it is fully refundable. So you only have to pay this back if, for some reason, your income goes up where you wouldn't have qualified for this, which benefits don't start phasing out until you make $200,000 a year. So the idea, this is modeled after Social Security. This is considered Social Security for children. We introduced Social Security during the Great Depression. 48% of Americans back then, of, of elderly Americans, lived in poverty, and now it's 10%. Like, Social Security has worked. It's a universal program. It's not very efficient economically, but politically it's very efficient because everybody gets Social Security. Yeah. And so because of that, it's very popular, and it's nobody's going to touch it. But this child tax credit was designed kind of the same way. Social Security for children, 250 for a month if your kid's over the age of six, $300 for a child younger than six. And half the credit is paid out over a six-month plan from July to December. The other half is on your tax return. 
Um, so what's it going to look like next year? Is it going to go away in January? It is. Or is it going to be just July through December every year? It's July through December of this year, and then Congress is going to have to decide to pass something if this is going to be permanent. This was a one-time thing that was part of, I believe it was the American Rescue Plan they passed in the spring. Politically, you wonder if you can ever take that away. It is harder to to take things away than to get things started. Yeah. And especially, and I think that's part of the reason why it's such a large income, up to $200,000, you qualify, like as a family income, you qualify for this. And benefits don't start phasing out until you make that much because that means it's like 90, over 90% of children in the U.S., their parents are going to receive this money. It'll cost mm-hmm. us $2 billion a year to do this. Right. But it's something where the more people that claim it, the more popular it becomes, the harder it is to get rid of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But everything we do doesn't have to be huge like this. This weekend, Alabama's the first of 17 states to have their tax-free weekend for school supplies. That's right. Yeah. So the average family spends 600 bucks a year on school supplies. This weekend starting Friday, Saturday, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So starting today. Starting today. Yeah. No um no sales tax on school supplies. The average family will save 60 bucks. We started this in 2006. It's uh, 17 states across the country. So, you know, Big, small, which is the whole thing is let's find ways to make it a little bit more affordable to have children. Another Finance Friday in the books. Lindsey Crosby, if people need any kind of help uh, with any financial service, how can they reach out to you? Uh, I'm at Mid South Bank, 519 East Glen Avenue in Auburn, or you can call me 334 521 6009.